Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Bosses only hang with bosses. Bosses never take a loss. Boss never is a runner. Boss steady doing numbers. Woo. They say my back against the wall, but I'm ten toes deep and I'm still standing tall. I'm way, way, way up. These haters get their weight up. Never gonna take a loss. Blessed day to be a boss. Oh, oh. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a special Zoom edition <laughs> of the Out of My League podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Deshaun. And as always, via Zoom this week, we are here to give you all the latest sports takes of debates and news, news, news. For sure, man. (laughs) For sure, man. For sure. How was your weekend? (laughs) My weekend was good, man. Um, Here quarantining because, you know, we stepped out. Not really stepped out, but we went out of town for New Year's. Mm -hmm. So just following the protocols, the Connecticut rules, making sure I do my... 10-day quarantine, hence while we are on via Zoom. But all in all, man, I feel great, man. How about yourself? Same, man. Same uh, quarantining, staying inside, staying away from people. So just making sure we're following all the protocols. Yeah, man. Doing my part to stay healthy, to stay COVID-free, and to stay away from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But we have breaking news on the Out of My League podcast. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> James Harden is said to be a net after his relationship with Houston and a fallout when he said they just weren't good enough. Yeah. Hart, finally a net. How do you yeah. feel? I mean, it's interesting, right? Like you have in the background, you kind of have everything going on with Kyrie right now with, you know, being away from the team and not really communicating with Steve Nash and, you know, so on and so forth. And then you have the James Harden kind of saga in Houston right now where he's been trying to get traded for a little over a month now. So for him to finally come out, this this will be the first time he actually came out and said that the relationship is pretty much broken and the team isn't good enough. So, Which is a wild statement, yeah. by the way, to just to just out your players. We're just not that great. I'm not going to lie. If I'm in that locker room, you got to see me. Yeah, I you mean, you, you heard Yeah, you heard this week, James Harden. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, John Wall. You saw you heard Buggy, Buggy Cousins and the rest of the guys kind of, you know, respond to that and say, like, you know, that's disrespect. The disrespect started yeah. in the beginning uh, when he didn't want to be here and he wasn't showing up and all those kinds of things. So, you're looking at the situation in Houston right now. Obviously, they're happy that they kind of got James Harden off their team because everybody else was kind of annoyed with it. And then if you're the Nets, you have a situation with Kyrie that is kind of deteriorating a little bit, right? Like the relationship is kind of weird right now with with him and the organization. Katie's still doing his part. He's doing what he has to do. And then in the trade, you lost two really good centerpieces of the franchise players that have been on that team since they were rookies and Karis LeVert and and Jared Allen. So you have to worry about the dynamic right now in that locker room and kind of moving forward, you adding James Harden to a disgruntled James Harden to a disgruntled Kyrie Irving. And then a and a KD who, who's pretty much, you know, pretty, pretty sensitive as well. So this dynamic can get really interesting really fast. It sounds like you are not a believer in what the Nets did. And you also don't sound too convinced that they can win it all at this point. Is that what I'm hearing from you? 
No, I mean, they definitely have the talent to win it all. Um, they lo- Again, they lost two pretty big pieces to the team in Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. Um, and you really didn't, I mean, if, if I'm looking at the trade, you really didn't give up, like, as much as I thought you would, right? Like, it's a lot of picks and a lot of pick swaps, but it's not nearly uh-huh. as much as I thought they would have to give up for. And I, yeah. I think the Cleveland uh, three-team trade kind of helped them out with that. Yep. But also... Cleveland. I think I think the Nets are in a really good position, right? Because you obviously have all the firepower you want. I feel like they can come out the East easily. I mean, I don't think there's not a team in the East that can really match up with them uh, talent-wise. But it's it's the off the court stuff for me, right? I feel like it's the Kyrie mixed with the James Harden. KD and, and James Harden have already played together, so they're fine with that. But the Kyrie Irving factor and with the James Harden. I don't know if that's going to be particularly, you know, well-rounded for that organization right now. And this is where we differ because I am one who believes that Kyrie is in his own little world. Kyrie is his own problem. Mm -hmm. Kyrie is his own headache. Yeah. I honestly feel like people outside of Kyrie tune Kyrie out. I don't think aside from James Harden just simply wanting out of Houston, that he was a big issue off the court. James Harden shows up and balls. Yeah. He averages 30 in his sleep. Mm-hmm. He can get to the basket at any point in time, anytime. Yeah. And he can get to the free throw line better than anyone in the league. He's literally one of maybe two or three scorers in the league right. doing that. And the other one's KD. Yeah. So James Harden is not going to be an issue off the court. I think his issues in Houston bought over because simply put, he did not want to be there. Right. And I think that now he is out and in Brooklyn, I don't think there's going to be any real beef between him and Kyrie. Now, I do know that there's not a lot of basketball to go around. There's right. only one basketball. Yeah. And these are two ball-dominant guards, James Harden especially, mm. who is probably the most ball-dominant guard in the league. Yeah. However, I think Kyrie can play off ball. I think that ultimately Kyrie is happy with James Harden being there. And although I don't think Kyrie really preferred um, the coach and Steve Nash, I don't think anyone did, honestly. I think that the moment Steve Nash was the hire, that was seen as somebody who KD and Kyrie kind of not necessarily walk all over, but have more freedom to do what they want. Exactly. And even when he mentioned, you know, we don't really need a coach to run the team. Like, we can run the team. Yeah, that raised a lot of eyebrows, yeah. that, That right there told me that he's not the biggest believer, obviously, in Steve Nash as a coach, but... He'll do what he wants. And Kyrie is literally doing what he wants. Right now, he's been fined $50,000 for violating NBA protocols. Right. Because he went out and had a family party for a birthday. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been in contact with the team. He hasn't really been in contact with the head coach. He kind of does his own thing. And Kyrie's been doing that for a while now. Like, yeah. Everywhere he goes, he brings a few chemistry issues. Mm-hmm. But I think that Kyrie, more than anything, especially now with the addition of James Harden, knows that they can win a championship very soon yeah and i think that eventually when he gets back give it a good month or so for them to learn how each other work off the ball learn how each other jail but i think that they can put up points in bunches oh for sure at this point i at mean they, point. they have <laughs> everybody's not gonna have to drop 30 yeah. sometimes teams sometimes players including harden maybe Kyrie, because i think kd will average 20 regardless one, because he doesn't have to have the ball. He can literally catch and shoot it anymore. Right. And I think Harden's productivity may go down a little bit, but I think that 
they're nearly impossible to guard. You can't double team one person because that means somebody else is going to be open or yeah. and and or isolated. And let's be honest, James Harden can't be guarded one on one. No, I mean no disrespect, no disrespect to the best defenders in the league. If we're if we're James being honest, Harden I don't think any, I don't think any one of them can be guarded one on one. No, I, yeah, literally, Kyrie cannot be guarded because his handles are too sick. Katie is too tall with a seven foot wingspan. And a shot that can hit from fifty. Yeah. So I think that they'll be just fine. And I definitely think that they're coming out of the East with this. Yeah, I mean, I think again, there's not a team in the East that can really match up with them. So yeah, I mean, I, I would I would assume that they come out the East regardless. Um, I would also say that I think it's interesting that you said that James Harden would not be an issue only because his previous, you know, I mean, he was with. Um, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, and mm-hmm. he's opted to get all of them traded. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, obviously this is this is technically KD's team. I mean, right? Like he's the best player on the team, and yep. I think everybody needs to follow suit with that. However, the interesting dynamic of Kyrie Irving and James Harden because both of them are very ball dominant. Very. Uh, they're going to want you know, as many shots as possible. Uh, KD's the most unselfish out of the three, obviously. Agreed. Um, but the the ego between a James Harden and a Kyrie Irving kind of worries me a little bit because what, what says – I mean, who says that Kyrie Irving is happy with this trade? He hasn't came out and said anything. I'm not sure. And the thing is, we don't really know what Kyrie's thinking. Yeah. Only Kyrie knows what he thinks. Yeah. Kyrie is literally in his own head mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Yeah. 100% of the time. I don't understand half of the ideologies and things that Kyrie says. Right. Or his reasoning for it. Before the before the season started, he wasn't going to speak to the media. Like the, uh, Kyrie does a lot. Yeah. Kyrie Kyrie is his own case. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, Harden's window for a championship is closing fast. Oh yeah, I mean, I, and I, I think yeah. that more more than anything, Harden wants to win a title. Mm-hmm. He's he's done everything else. He's accomplished everything else. Offensively, he might go down as a top five scorer ever. Agreed. But he has no championship, and I think he wants to win. And I think he will be willing to make the necessary sacrifices if it means winning a championship. Yeah, I mean, I think that's believe. Yeah, he can put any one of them can put the team on their back Mm -hmm. when they need to. Hence, why I don't believe that there will be issues. Sometimes KD will close. Sometimes Harden will close. Sometimes Kyrie will close. Yeah, I think they'll find that dynamic, give them a a month or two to jail, and they'll be just fine. For sure. And I also think because the injury history between a Kyrie Irving and and a KD, I think that. Mm -hmm. The hard trade does benefit them in that way to where yes. if one goes down, you still have two other superstars. The other two can pick carry. up the slack. Right. Yep, the, the other two will be able to pick up the slack. And that's why I think that they'll be just fine because somebody's going to have an off night. Yeah. Everybody's not going to be on every single night. Right. But when you have somebody of the caliber of a Harden, a Durant, and a Kyrie, when one person is off, the other person can pick up that slack. Yeah. Easily. Agreed. Easily. They can take games off for sure, for sure. They they they, they can rest their bodies. I mm-hmm. think I think this benefits them tremendously. Like they can take games off and still win. Right. I think as long as they're all healthy, 
come playoff time, and KD looks healthy. Yeah, he looks really good. I think he had like 35 the other night. (laughs) KD looks good. KD does not look like the Achilles is bothering him at all. Right. And that's scary. Yeah. That's scary this early. So I think they'll be just fine, though. Okay. Well, from one Houston star to uh, another disgruntled Houston star, Deshaun Watson is very, very upset with the Houston Texans over the Eric Bieniemy, I mean, I guess rebuff um, of the organization. And you, you already know how I feel, man. Free Watson, <laughs> free, free Watson, dog. I'm getting it on a t-shirt. Free Watson, free Bradley Bill. Those are the two people that I'm advocating to get free. Deshaun Watson wants out, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, he, he definitely wants out. out. He, he wants a trade. He deserves it. And he you know, deserves it. his ideal landing spot would be in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting with Brian Fuller is so I yeah. mean out of the out of the, all the possible landing spots what spot where do you want to see Deshaun Watson in 2021 I want to see Deshaun Watson on a contender um I think Miami would be good because yeah. I think with Deshaun Watson they go to the playoffs easily mm-hmm. I think even sending him to a potential Chicago yeah would tremendously help that team who mm-hmm. has a great defense for sure um, uh, up and coming running game, especially towards the end of the year this year. Yeah. But they they have Mitch, and as much as I love Mitch and advocate for Mitch, he is no Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback in the league this year. Definitely. Their record was horrible, but he was incredible. So and he deserves yeah. to be where someone treats him right. Yeah. I mean, just just in general, I think Deshaun Watson has been aside from his contract. His contract was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But they stripped everything around him. Exactly. All his receivers, mm-hmm. coaching. They don't listen to him. Yep. He didn't even want to interview the enemy. Exactly. Like, like wild. That's wild yeah. to me. And I think that Deshaun Watson should definitely want out. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think he should get out, and I think he should request a trade, like, tomorrow. Um, my ideal landing spot for him would be in San Francisco with Shanahan because I feel okay. like that system really fits – his skill set, I feel like they have the necessary weapons in the run game for him. The offensive line is being attacked with Trent Williams at left tackle. And then mm-hmm. you're one elite receiver away, cough, cough, Odell Beckham Jr., who's going to be out of Cleveland next year, uh, away from a potentially another Super Bowl berth. So San, Fran, San Fran is definitely an ideal landing spot for me with Deshaun okay. Watson. Okay, yeah, I think San Fran would be good, especially they have young receivers out there, Brandon Ayuk out there. Yep. They have George Kittle, who's mm-hmm. an amazing tight Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo Samuel, they have a great defense. Yep. I think that would be good as well. I just really, really like that Miami fit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, with Devontae Parker out there, with yep. great young defense mm-hmm. out there, some elite corners, elite secondary out there, I think that instead of them having to go back and forth between two and fits, if they have Watson, they're set. Yeah, They're set in stone, and I think that – out in the AFC, I think that makes them much more competitive in that tough division. For sure, for sure. And I think that, you know, in San Francisco, I think that's a great fit. Mm-hmm. I, th- I do think – I can't argue with you there. Shanahan, I think, would help him flourish. For sure. But I think I think Flores will really be able to utilize him now. Oh, yeah, way. definitely. And they're uh, they're actually searching for a new offensive coordinator in, uh, in Miami as well. So, I mean, whoever they choose, I'm sure they will this love is true. A Deshaun Watson. Yeah, um, this is true. And I mean, yeah. a lot of teams right now are searching for head coaches, mm-hmm. offensive coordinators, GMs, including 
your Eagles. Yeah. Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah. They got him out of there. Mm-hmm. You shocked? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm shocked from this point of view, right? Like you had a struggling Carson Wentz. You had your your offense has regressed each of the last three years since you know winning the Super Bowl. And Doug Peterson has a really big issue with coaching his coaches, if that makes sense. Right. Like I feel like he doesn't make really good coaching hires. So I want I want that, before you go on, I want ahead. the record to show that you <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this vividly. Yeah. Two pods ago, you said that Doug Peterson will be in Philly next mm, year. I did. And it is set in stone. Yeah. And immediately he got wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> they well, got him out of there. Well, the thing what, is, what that, happened? yeah, the owner did not want to fire Doug Peterson. D- Doug Peterson had two chances. He met with the owner twice in my in uh in Jeffrey Lurie's mansion in Florida, South Florida. And the point was after the first meeting, it didn't go well, apparently. Jeffrey Lurie told him, you know, you need a better coaching staff. Like, you can't – because Doug Peterson wanted to keep all his coaches intact and just run it back without making any changes on the staff. And Jeffrey Lurie was obviously like, you know, you need a strong coaching staff, number one, because the quarterback is struggling. You need somebody that can coach him. Like, Press Taylor was his – you know, Doug Peterson's wannabe OC this coming year, and Press Taylor is like 35. Like – he's not going to be able to handle a Carson Wentz who's a type A personality, if you will. So this is this is an interesting situation with Philly, right? Because now they're behind the coaching hire, you know, pedigree, um, and they're kind of rushing candidates in and out. One, one, I mean, there's two candidates I really like. I mean, Airbnb enemy is obviously 1A for me. But Joe Brady's really interesting for me. Um, and Brian Dayball as well. Like, those, those three are probably be – my top three as far as who I would want to coach the Eagles next season. Um, but no, I mean, Doug Peterson, this is this is surprise. This is very surprising. I think Doug should have been retained, but it, apparently Doug didn't want to be there anymore. So this is, this is two sides kind of going back and forth. I mean, Doug has been knowing the owner for over 20 years. I mean, he was under Andy Reid when Andy Reid was also in Philly as well. And he also played in Philly as a quarterback. So, I mean, they, they have really good relationship, obviously, with the front office. But there was a difference in opinion. I mean, the owner felt like they are rebuilding. And Doug Peterson was like, no, nah, we good. Let's just run it back. And, like, if you looked at the Eagles this year, that is not the case. You can't just run that back. So, it's it's a weird situation. Uh, I, didn't, I, I do not agree with Doug Peterson being fired, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson's out. I'm not exactly sure who y'all are going to feel that with, but where do you see Doug Peterson going? Well, apparently he's going to take a year. He's going to take a year off of coaching, apparently. Oh, really? So okay. that's that's okay. what the reports are right now is he wants to take a year off and kind of reevaluate. <laughs> he, he, need to re, he need to regroup. He can't believe that he got fired after just winning the Super Bowl well, three I, years I ago. Think, <laughs> I mean, that's that's surprising, obviously, but I think <laughs> I think he wanted to get fired. Like, this, this has been – I mean, this was even reporting last year when they did make the playoffs that apparently, like, the not dynamic between him and Howie Roseman, the general manager, where they just had a difference of opinion, like, with draft picks and everything. Yeah, it happens. Um, I mean, it happens. And, and it happens, right? Like, you, they've known each other forever. So, I mean, they kind of, you know, knew what each yeah. other was feeling. But this is this is a weird situation to where, like, nobody expected this. 
I think Doug in his mind, he really just didn't want to be there anymore. Like there, there's and so can, many. Yeah, go ahead. And I know. And I can, I was going to say, I can, I can understand that. Like with what happened on the last week um, against Washington, yeah. Um, everything that's been building up as far as Carson Wentz being benched, mm-hmm. the whole dynamic, the whole relationship, the whole back and forth between the GM, the owner, nobody being on the same page. The Eagles really just crumbling before our eyes this season. And it got worse and worse Mm -hmm. and worse. And I feel like at the end of the day, like you said, he may not have came out and said he wanted to get fired directly, but indirectly it looked like he was checked out. Like he didn't really Mm -hmm. care. He was kind of doing his own thing. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't work, oh well. So at this point, yeah, it kind of seems like, you know, he was ready to get out of there. The relationship was, you know, unmendable for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. And he kind of wants to just start a new leaf and start fresh somewhere else. And I understand it, man. Like I, I understand it. Yeah. But there are a lot of coaching opportunities out there right now. I mean, we seen today the Jags officially brought in Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. whom I have known this for at least a week. And I said so. So I would like to take credit, but you know how that goes. Yeah, go ahead. Take but, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even I'm not even gonna do it, man. They'll listen to me one of these days. <laughs> but but nah, man, how do you feel about Urban Meyer on Jacks? I mean, Urban Meyer is a really good offensive mind. Obviously, he's he knows how, yeah, he he knows how he's to a, build a, a staff. He's a, winner. he's a program starter. So that's not the that's not the issue with Urban Meyer. I think the Urban, you know, the difference with Urban Meyer is you don't know how long he's gonna coach your team for. It's longevity. That yeah. is the that is the true question mark when it comes to Urban Meyer because when things start to get rough, Urban tends to just dip. Yeah, and it's and, one of these things. This, that his this health is a known well. fact. Yeah. This is a yeah. This is a known fact. But I think that he'll bring a winning culture over to Jack. Definitely, I think that they'll be a lot better, substantially yeah. better. I agree. This is the same dude that won over ninety percent of his games with Florida and Ohio State. Right. Like this dude is a winner. Yeah, Urban Meyer knows how to win. I mean, if, if anything, yeah. like we know that he'll beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like if, <laughs> if we know that he'll beat Michigan if they want to come to Ti Bank Stadium. <laughs> like we know that he can beat Michigan. He's gonna get some dubs though, and I think that he'll be a good coach because he's a winner. Not only that, he's a leader. Yeah, like, yeah. He knows how. He really knows how to motivate individuals to play like Definitely. he is one of those guys that he's gonna lay it all out on the line for you and i think that you know him and that trevor lawrence mm-hmm. hey man that might that might be a nice little relationship building over there in jacks man i'm looking forward to it yeah i mean trevor lawrence with the number one overall pick and then you have yep. over 100 million 30 million dollars in cap yeah, space they you got have, they got money you know you have draft picks you have a quarterback of the future and you don't have to worry about money. tom coughlin right you don't have to worry about tom coughlin and no tom coughlin there so yeah it's and you have a strong staff like i mean according mm-hmm. to all the reports and the staff members that he's looking into i mean he has a really strong staff coming potentially to Jacksonville. Yeah, so, like you said, he knows how to build his coaching yeah, staff. Like, yeah. That that dude knows how to put it all together. I mean, just look at his coaching tree, right? Literally. Like, <laughs> literally. He has a he's a really good track record of coaches. So, no, I mean, I think this is a good move for Jacksonville, you know, potentially franchise changing, right? I think like yep. he can win with Trevor Lawrence yep. immediately. Yep. He's going to need some weapons. You know, obviously, I you know, agree. you can't just draft a quarterback and not surround him with nothing. So, he needs an offensive line. He's going to need some weapons on the outside. 
Um, the run game was pretty good. I mean, what is it, James yeah, Robinson? James Robinson. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. Robinson. I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah, there. and then carry me to victory. Right, <laughs> and now you need to, you know, you build your defense a little bit. So no, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think this Urban Meyer uh, hire was really good for Jacksonville. You know, it's it's it fits their organization perfectly. If, if that makes I think, sense. Yeah, I think I think it fits. I think he's going to bring a different culture there. Yeah, and I think that he's going to bring a different mentality as far as you know wanting players to play for you yeah i think coughlin he literally busted so many of relationships over there like mm-hmm. just look at jacksonville a few years ago they yeah. had one of the best defenses on paper right that we've seen since like baltimore mm-hmm. when baltimore had like ray lewis in them. like they had stars exactly and he just tore he tore them apart and i think that urban meyer like you said is somebody who's great at building a program mm-hmm. i think they'll come in there and he'll he's gonna make it happen I, sure. I, I give it. I give it like you know two or three years or so, but I think they're gonna be solid very yeah. very soon. Yep, very very soon. Agreed. But let's get to the wild card matchups, man, because your Colts mm. out of here. Yeah, I mean, out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hear me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just hear me out for a little bit. They were they were two Philip River throws away from winning that football game. They agreed. <laughs> they um. Two throws. Two can, throws can and they won that game. Thing? Yeah. The, the Colts should have won that game. Yes, they should have. Um, the clock management at the end of that game was disgusting. Yeah. That clock management was horrible. Um, they had the ball at the 50. I think they had a timeout left, maybe like 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers threw the ball out of bounds three straight plays. Exactly. Three and straight plays. One, and, and, and one, Phillip Rivers never throws the Hail Mary. He he didn't one he didn't get into the end zone. Yeah, I don't it know took why. everything in him not to even make it to the end zone. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't put Brissett in to throw that final pass. Yeah. But he gained no yards to get them in field goal range, and then he didn't even throw the last pass into the end zone. So deservedly so, they lost that game. But they they should have been in better position. Exactly. The, the Bills didn't close that game properly at all. The Col- the yeah the Colts kind of just they blew it. They just need a quarterback. One they quarterback blew. away. A quarterback away, man. We always said it. We've been saying it the entire year. Not yeah. a believer in Phillip Rivers. Exactly. It shows, man. Yeah. I mean, they have the team ready to win now, but they just yeah. need a quarterback to kind of carry them through. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Rams. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, hear, me, hear me out. Hear me, hear me, hear me out. <laughs> the Rams, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, over, okay. Over Seattle. I think I think I'll pick over, Seattle. I think I'll pick over Seattle. Danger Rush. Yeah. Over, over Danger Rush. By the way, Rush. he had a horrible game. Russ struggled. Yeah, he, he had, 11 of 20, game. 11 of 27, 174, yeah. two TDs. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, he had a whole 30, 30, 30 to 20 in an ugly, gutted out game where the backup quarterback for the Rams got hurt. So Jared Goff had to come in. Yeah. Luckily, Cam Akers held it down. Yeah, I mean, and, the, and, and Robert and Woods. Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, and Robert Woods. And, you know, Aaron Donald, a menace that he is, and Jalen Ramsey. That defense is tremendous. Like, that yeah. that, that that team, and that's that's actually Rules. my dark horse right now. Rules. I feel like the Rams can compete with anybody that's running in the playoffs right now. They just have the Deep. team to do it. They just, if Jared Goff can just not turn the ball over, they'll be mm-hmm. fine. Yep. If he can yep. just maintain the football game, Everybody else will do their job and win the football game. I agree with that, man. As long as Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over, the Rams are going to be good. The Bucks took care of Washington, unfortunately, as we expected. Yeah. 31 to 23. We covered the spread. Mm-hmm. Shout out to us. <laughs> Shout out to us. It was eight and a half. We lost by eight. Shout out to that hook. So I'll take it. But Tom Brady, man, 
Tom Brady looking good. Um, they're going up against the Saints this week, which is going to be a uphill battle for them again because they've lost their first two against them. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they, you know, have any shot at all? And you do- don't have to pick yet. You don't have to give your pick yet because yeah. you're going to get in a minute. But do you think they have a shot? I do think they have a shot. They're going to have to really utilize Antonio Brown, who's the X factor, at least in yep. my opinion, for this game. I'll take that. And they need to they need to really establish the line of scrimmage. Both both uh, lines of scrimmage they need to really protect Brady, and they need to yep. get to uh, Drew Brees. Like if they can uh, if they can pressure the quarterback and if they can mm-hmm. block for their quarterback, I think they'll be fine. They just need to establish the line of scrimmage. I think they can win this game. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. I think they have a shot as well. But you know we're gonna get to that here in a minute. Yeah. On to the Sunday games that we had. We had the Ravens beating the Titans. They finally got I'm the revenge. Shocked. They got over the hump. Yeah, they finally it got the revenge. Out rough. Yeah, yeah, it started out Yeah, it did. It started out rough for them, man. T- down 10-0 mm-hmm. quick in the first quarter. Yep. Um, Lamar was a little rattled early, mm-hmm. but they stuck to that run game, man. They stuck to what Lamar Jackson is good at, and they dropped 20 unanswered. Yep. And I'm more disappointed with what the Titans failed to do. Derrick Henry was bottled up that entire game. 40 yards. Yes, 40 yards. We King Henry, yeah, 2,000 yarder. Lamar Jackson had 16 carries for 136 yards and 17 completions for 179. Ravens, man, do you think that that formula is going to push them throughout the playoffs? I'll tell you what. If they mm-hmm. can stick to their guns, like, they're going to need players. They need, they're going to need plays from a Hollywood Brown. Andrews. Who stepped up? Who stepped yeah, up big? Exactly. Who stepped up big? They're Hollywood going to need Brown big plays from up. those two on the I outside, agree. within the slot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in the run game, that three headed monster, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and yep. then the Gus Buzz, Gus Edwards, yep. because Mark Ingram was inactive, which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, they, that, was a, that was an interesting scratch right there. If they can stick to their run game and if they can, you know, again, if they can win the line of scrimmage, they will mm-hmm. be just fine. And I think I, I, I think that they can beat the Bills this weekend. I agree. I think they have a really good shot. I mean, like I said last week, these are two of the hottest teams in the AFC, arguably the NFL. Right. For me. So I think that that's going to be a really interesting matchup. We had the Saints taking care of business against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago only scored nine points. That game was on Nickelodeon. I don't know if anyone got to see that Nickelodeon cast, but that was, it was amazing. Great thing. Yeah. Slime every time someone scored. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> lo- lo- loved it. And then finally, to cap it off, the Browns putting up 48 on the Steelers, the starting team. Not the bench players that they played the week prior, but the starters. How disappointed are you in the Steelers, man? Look, they they started off that game with turnovers back-to-back. And when you do that, that just ruins all the momentum you had coming into that week. And then you lost to a team mm-hmm. who didn't even have their head coach. Nope. Out for COVID. So Out if, for COVID. if you're if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you already fired actually you just fired your offensive coordinator. So that's that's gone. Yep. But also, Big Ben, he didn't have oh he threw over for five hundred yards, but he still didn't have a great game. He turned the he ball over four 60, times. He threw he threw sixty-eight passes. I, mean, I would yeah. hope he, I would hope you have over five hundred yards. You threw sixty-eight times. This is not college. Yeah. What he, are you doing? He um he threw three interceptions and fumbled one. So yep. uh yeah, I mean you turned the ball over. Juju, I mean, you scored when the game was pretty much out of hand. Yep. Um 
13 catches, 157. He yeah. had a solid game, but yeah. they were all. I mean, they were already time. getting blown out. Yeah, yeah. It was in garbage time. That game was over in the first quarter. Right. That game was over at the end of the first quarter. The Browns scored 28 in the first quarter. That game was done. They put up, I mean, the Browns put up 50 points on them. That's that crazy. Game, that game, that game was done. This is the second time that I've watched the Browns do that. They did that to Tennessee as well, mm-hmm. where they put up 28 in the first. They did it to the Cowboys as well. Yep. Um, the Browns really can score, and I think a focused Baker is a dangerous Baker. Very dangerous. But they create turnovers early. Yeah. And it looks like they had teams rattle quickly. That pass rush, it, it hits. With Miles Garrett. Yeah. Them, boy, them boys are... But Adrian Claiborne as well. I mean, Adrian yes. Claiborne on the opposite side. I mean, they're they're applying that pressure. Yes, they are applying that pressure, and I'm disappointed in the Steelers. I'm I'm very disappointed in how Mike Tomlin had his team. I don't think they were prepared at all. That game was literally over. Yeah, there's no excuse for all the turnovers. There's nothing he can do about that. Obviously, mm-hmm. but what are you doing? You at some point you really have to buckle down and bounce back. They literally were rattled, shook. Yeah, and it was over. Yeah. It's it's really uh, interesting to watch what unfolded with that Pittsburgh Steelers team. I mean, going off on eleven and no stretch and then losing consistently. I think yep. they lost their last what three, four games? They lost to Washington and then went downhill from there. It went downhill from there. That's a collapse. That's that's yes. what we call a collapse. That is. That is. And it what makes it even worse is they kept talking. Yep. Can't they're still dance. they're still talking. Juju, the same. These are the same old Browns. I'm not worried. Okay. They're still talking, cool. even though they lost. For what? Did, <laughs> did For you, what? Did you hear what uh, Chase Claypool said? No, I didn't. He was talking about the Browns. He's like, it's it's, it's whatever because they're gonna get washed next week. And Yo, bro, you got we washed you. How about that? They put up 50 we, points on y'all. We we washed you. How about that? 28 to zero points. at the end of the first. It's 28 to zero at the end of the first. We skunked you. In Pittsburgh. Exactly. That's my field now. Like, get out of here, dog. I don't, I don't want to hear about that. I really don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about that from Especially after they put hear. up 50 yeah, points I on you. Want, at home. I don't want to hear about this after. The, I don't want to hear about this after the fact. Like, yeah. nah. Yeah, no. Keep your mouth closed. Keep, yeah, keep your mouth closed. Bro. I think him and Juju, they talk too much. I think that they are going to be humbled. I think that they are humbled. Excuse me. Yeah. I think that they've been humbled. Tremendously, because they look they look nuts right now. For sure. But let's jump let's let's jump to the divisional round, man, because we got some interesting interesting matchups this week. Yep. Rams Packers kicks it off tomorrow, four thirty five. Who you got? You know what? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like I just said earlier, the Rams are my dark horse. <laughs> And I believe that they can go to Lambeau Field and still and win in the Rogers. snow and win and beat Aaron they, Rodgers in the snow. Their team is ready to go. Jared Goff is a different their story. Defense. Their defense is ready to go. With their offensive line. I mean, everybody outside of Jared Goff is ready to go. Because okay. I feel like Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods and those guys, Van Jefferson, I feel like they can play Higby. Like, you have the run game the Rams? Are you picking the Rams? I'm picking the Rams in an upset. Nice. I feel I'm taking like, the Packers. <laughs> I feel like they can go to Lambeau Field and steal one from Aaron Rodgers, which Ooh. I don't want to. I don't want to do because I want to see Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But Ooh. I think that the Rams can go steal one from Aaron Rodgers. 
you are playing a dangerous game, my friend. It is very rare that somebody goes into Lambo in January and steals a win when they're used to playing in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> where the temperatures are double. Oh, lo- you mean Los Angeles? Or Los Angeles, excuse me. Yeah. Why did I say Vegas? In Los Angeles, excuse me. In Los Angeles, where the temperature is doubled, even tripled, mm-hmm. but it is right now in Lambeau. I think that the weather will be a big factor. I think that the Packers will be able to pull this out. The spread is six and a half. I think that it'll be a fairly, I'd say not low scoring, but it won't be in the 30s. I think it'll be something along the lines of 28 to 17. They got 28-24 Rams. Okay. Okay. Ravens Bills. I think that's the most interesting game of the weekend. I got the Ravens. I got got the the Ravens. Ravens? I got the Ravens because they're coming off a a momentum win, right? Like they, this is something they've been trying to press for to beat the Titans. They needed, and they finally got got it off their back. They got, they got their monkey. They got the monkey off their back. Also, their defense has come alive. Like they're good. They're healthy. Their defense has looked. Really good. They can rush the passer. I mean, as good as anybody right now. They have two really good corners, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, in the secondary as well. Like the Ram, these Ravens, I feel like they're gonna take it to the Bills a little bit. And I love Stephon Diggs, and I love what Josh Allen's doing. I love what Brian Dayball's doing. But their trip this year is going to be cut short this week. I feel like this is the game that the Ravens are going to stand up and do what they have to do. I am going, and as much as I want the Ravens to win this game, yeah, I think the Bills. Um, I think home field is really going to play a factor. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a few fans. I think that the weather is going to play a factor. Um, I think it's going to snow out there at Orchard Park. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bills squeak this out anywhere along the lines of twenty four to twenty one. Okay. Something close, a field goal game. I won't be surprised if the Ravens win because I think that they're going to have to run tremendously. Yeah, tremendously against a Bills defense who is not great against the run at all. Yeah, not great against the run. But I think that this game solely off a of home field, solely off of Stephon Diggs, and I think that Josh Allen has a lot to prove this game. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's ready to take this next step. But I will say this. I'm obviously picking the Chiefs to beat the Browns. Yes. If the Ravens somehow win this game against the Bills, I will pick the Ravens next week. No. The uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this about the Bills. I love the Bills. I love exactly, exactly everything they're doing. However, that that uh, injury to Zach Moss, their oh, most physical big. running back, yep, that, that's, that's going to hurt. That, that's big. That's big. If you're gonna win, if you're gonna beat the Ravens, you need to be physical in the run game. And I don't know if, if I don't know if uh, Devin Singletary can do that. I agree. I agree. Browns, Chiefs. We on the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. I the Browns had a great, not necessarily Cinderella moment because I do think they have talent, mm-hmm. but I think that you're gonna have to put up 35 points. However, and although the although the Browns can yeah. do it, I don't think Pat Mahomes is gonna turn the ball over like Big Ben. I do not think this is gonna be a blowout. Do not. Um, I don't know. I don't either because the Browns have one of the best running attacks right. in the NFL, yep. and they're going to have to control the clock. Mm-hmm. And I think that they will do their part to control the clock. They can have the ball for a 10-minute drive. Pat yeah. Mahomes is still going to score in 60 seconds. The, it's funny because the Browns <laughs> have the formula that the Chiefs usually struggle with, 
which yep. you know you run the football and you keep the top possession. of possession and you also right and you also can rush the passer yep. and i don't i don't think that this is going to be a browns win but i do think that the browns are going to compete and i think there's going to be closer than a lot of people think browns cover the 10 point spread uh i think it's going to be I don't know if it's going to be a ten point game. I think it's going to be probably less than ten points. Okay, so yeah, the Browns. So yeah, they're going to cover. Browns, you think the Browns can cover that? Yeah, because yeah, it's Kansas City minus ten, which is which is a healthy amount for a playoff game. Right. Ten point ten points is pretty healthy for a playoff game. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, I definitely think the Chiefs will win the game. Mm-hmm. I think that the Browns will come out um, and play play good football. Obviously, yeah. I think that they will not have that same early success as far as turning the Chiefs over. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Chiefs are going to do that. I think the Chiefs are officially in playoff mode. Yeah. And that is why I think that they're going to eventually run away with this game. I think, in all honesty, Pat Mahomes will come out and throw t- three straight touchdowns to start the game. Without question. I, th- I mean, I, he can I, attack I, the Browns I, secondary. I, I honestly think the Chiefs will be focused. Yeah. Very focused this game. We've seen a lackadaisical Chiefs for the last 10 weeks mm-hmm. or so. Yeah. Literally, just – scoring because they know they can and it's easy for them, but mm-hmm. just playing just to get by and just to get to the postseason. I think we're going to see a locked-in Chiefs team. I agree. I think this is going to play better. And I think with that being said, they're going to put up too many points, too little, too late for the Browns. I think the Browns can make a late-game push, mm-hmm. but if you get behind early and you have to speed up your tempo, you're playing right into the Chiefs' hands. Yeah, That's where the Browns will find themselves. Exactly. I Final agree. game, Bucks saints Who you got? After everything I just said about <laughs> Antonio Brown and all these guys, Leonard Fournette protecting Tom Brady. Yep. I think this is the Saints game to win. Um so that'd be three times. Yeah. I think three times I, in the same season. Yeah. Tough. This very, very hard to do. Because here's the here's the thing, right? Like I just feel I feel like the Saints pass rush is going to be too much for the Bucks offensive line. And I think okay. that, I mean, we've seen the Bucks play, right? Like, we've seen mm-hmm. how they kind of go about and conduct business. And I think, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, Brady in the playoffs, we know how that is. But if you get him off his spot and he starts forcing footballs down the field, they're yep. going to get picked off again. I mean, the Saints the same secondary is, is really good. I mean, they're they're really, really good. Um, yep. Which, they, I mean, they are approved over the year because they they did struggle early on, but. This is this is a game that Drew Brees knows he has to win. Um, okay. This is a this is a game that Sean Payton knows this is probably Drew Brees' last go, which we okay. we do know that. And this this is a game. I mean, this is uh, Michael Thomas's second game back from the ankle injury. I, I yep. just and I think Alvin Kamara might be too much for them in a passing game. This this is all pointing to a Saints victory right now. Okay. Okay, I'm going to take the Bucks in this game simply for the fact that it's very, very, very hard to beat a team three times in the same season. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine that Tom Brady's going to make the same turnover mistakes that he made in the first game. Or, or the, the second, second game. <laughs> or, yeah, or the second game. And although I do think the Saints defense is playing better at the moment, yeah. I think that if the Bucks can keep it close – that's where they're the most dangerous. I think for the most part, the first two games, the Saints jumped out to 
two, three touchdown leads mm-hmm. early. Yeah. I'm talking early. Yeah. Like first, second quarter. Right. And the Bucs the Bucks aren't great at playing from behind. Right. Because the defense can't withhold like that. And the Saints, they know how to utilize the clock and pick you apart down the field mm-hmm. steadily. Yeah. Drew Brees isn't going to throw 30-yard passes the whole time. He's going to throw those seven, eight-yard slants right. out routes. Yep. He's going to give it to Camaro on those stretch plays, those screen passes. Mm-hmm. Like the Saints are going to move down the field methodically. But I think that the Bucks are going to be able to keep it close because they're not going to make those same mistakes. And I think that down to the wire with Tom Brady or Drew Brees, give me the GOAT. Okay. Give me the GOAT. Give me – Thirty-one twenty-eight bucks. I like that score. Thirty thirty-one twenty-eight bucks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man, it's gonna be an interesting weekend. We got a lot of good football. A lot of good football coming off. We get to see the number one teams out of each division. For Obviously, sure. the Packers, yeah. Chiefs. Gonna be a good time, man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to James Harden. Hopefully, slimming down, man. Looks like he was, you know, yeah, eating a big. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he been, he been eating, he been eating good out in Houston, man. Yeah, man. I mean, strip club wings, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. Strip clubs don't hit in Brooklyn like they do in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't, I ain't gonna hold you, man. The strip club's not hitting in Brooklyn like they do in Houston. <laughs> I don't know what my man gonna do. <laughs> I don't know what my man gonna do, man. I'm a little concerned for him. I ain't gonna hold you. Hard look rough. He need, yeah, he need to trim some uh, some lbs. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think I think he'll be fine though. I think I think Brooklyn's gonna be fine. I think that he'll fit right in. Mm-hmm. I think that the Brooklyn Nets are definitely going to the NBA Finals this year. Okay, I can take that. I yeah, can see that. But that's all I got, man. That's all we got for the week. Um, thank y'all for listening. I know this was a different podcast, a Zoom podcast, but you know, love to talk, love to hear what you guys think. So continue to support Black Lives Matter. Black Lives always matter yeah. and they will forever matter. And next week, we will officially have a new president of the United States. So mm-hmm. please be on your P's and Q's. Don't do anything crazy. I do not want to see you guys storming the Capitol. <laughs> like, so, yeah. you know. Let's be good, man, and cheers to 2021. For sure. Cheers to 2021. Black lives will forever matter. We want to thank all the essential workers, everybody out there fighting for change. Yes. Everybody that's doing what they have to do to, to push equality in this, in this day and age. Also, guys, yes. please support us. Like, subscribe, follow Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wow. SoundCloud. Shout your boys out. We're here to provide you all the news and notes in the sports world so support us yeah man i'm going four for four this week so put your money behind me take it <laughs> we'll see you i'm out yep. It ain't no debate, no way, ain't no escape Big dog 
eating off the plate. Cool breeze, mops with the same. Flexed up now, John Cena. Rocked up more than Serena. Wife a baddie looking like Nia. More drip, more than a liter. I'm at the wood, I said I would get. No mediocre, I'm feeling like tip. Sound like to me, we got us a hit. They can't even drip line. So savvy is a swag daddy. Red eye flights out to Cali. Holding bags looking like a caddy. Penthouse vibes, no Addy. This is the wave to give them the feeling. Rappers be capping, no, I don't feel you. Feel like the man when I walk through the building. Too many scars and spiritual healing. I got a million dreams. I got a million schemes. We going crazy, we going crazy. We got the winning team.